I'm Russ White at the Network Collective, and this is a Network Collective short take. In this short take, I'll be talking about DNS challenge and response. A lot of work goes into making DNS fast because it's such a crucial piece of infrastructure for the application speed and speed of website response and etc. in the global internet and even in local networks. DNS providers or DNS servers are built with very high-speed hardware, high-speed servers. They're usually provided with very high-speed connections, and they often have customized software and databases that's finely tuned to produce very high-speed high responses. DNS as a protocol also has a good bit of asymmetry. Requests tend to be very small. DNS requests tend to be very small, but DNS responses tend to be much larger, four to five times larger at least, and can be up to 10 to 20 times larger. DNS servers also must always be publicly accessible to do their jobs. Combining these things means that DNS is a great amplifier and reflector for building DDoS attacks. How you can do this is you simply spoof the source address of your victim. You send a small DNS packet or a lot of small DNS request packets to a lot of different DNS servers. Then you watch the larger responses consume resources at the victim. This can take the victim down. In fact, this is how most reflection attacks occur in the DNS ecosystem. What can be done to solve this problem? There are one of two things you can do. First, you can increase the resources required to send a request so they're more equal with the resources required to, to receive and process a response. So in other words, even just looking at it from a packet size perspective, if I make the request packet about the same size as the response packet, I've taken away the amplification effect of the DDoS reflection attack. I can also ensure that the sender is the actual host purporting to send the request. So to begin, most attacks do not use individual hosts with recursive servers as their target. In other words, they don't spoof a host requesting a DNS response from a recursive server. Instead, most attacks, in most attacks, the attacker uses a TLD or an authoritative server as their attack surface or as their reflector. And they act like a recursive server asking for some higher level resolution. This narrows the attack surface somewhat because now we mostly need to worry about the interaction between recursive servers and their upstream servers in DNS. RFC 7873 describes one solution to this problem. Each DNS query and response can contain a DNS cookie. These cookies validate the two parties in the, within the transaction are actually who they claim to be. Another option is to run DNS over TCP or HTTPS. That's why there has been a lot of discussion about this in the community. TCP and HTTPS both use three-way handshakes to set up a session. So the attacker sends a an TCP open to the recursive server, not to the recursive server, but to the authoritative or TLD server, those servers will then respond to the victim, which is the spoofed address, but it will only be a very small packet. So the host under attack still receives a lot of packets, but these are small packets used to set up the session rather than large DNS response packets. Hence, the attacker can hide their real source, but they can't count on the DNS server to amplify their traffic levels. Once you get to this point, there's very little reason to use a DNS server as a middleman for amplifying because the amplification just doesn't happen. 
Another option to solve this problem was recently proposed in Practical Challenge Response for DNS. This is published in the Proceedings of the Applied Networking Research Workshop 2018 in the Association of Computing Machinery. This method takes advantage of the CNAME alias capability of DNS. When a DNS server receives a request for a domain, it can, rather than responding with the DNS record, return a CNAME record. Now, this CNAME is actually an alias. The CNAME tells the querier to ask another server for this information. The CNAME response also contains a small bit of information that the requester can send to the follow-on in the follow-on request to the second server that gives the second server some context about what the requester is asking. In this proposal, the CNAME response carries a copy of the source IP address of the original request. The CNAME response also asks the original requester to contact the same server for the information. So this means that when the original requester asks for a particular record, the server will respond, the authoritative or TLD server, will respond with a CNAME record that has as a nonce within the CNAME record the IP address of the original of the requester. The requester will then send a second query because in the CNAME, the server will say, contact me for that information. So the requester will resend the query, but this time it will contain that IP address as part of the context for the original CNAME response. When the second request comes in, the server can examine the source of the IP address containing the request, the source IP address embedded in the additional information from the original CNAME response, and if the two are different, just simply throw the request away. What about recursive DNS pools? Recursive servers often live in pools rather than as individual independent servers. So in this instance, a request might come from server A. The response, however, can be returned to an Anycast address and wind up at server B. When B follows up by contacting the same server to resolve the CNAME, address, uh, the CNAME request, B's address will be in the source of the packet, but A's address will be in the extra data carried in the request. In this situation, instead of simply throwing the packet away, the authors of this paper propose a clever trick, which is that the server can look at the source address, look at the nonce that's carried in the, the original IP address that's carried in the CNAME and say, oh, these two don't match. So I'll just add B's IP address to the list of IP addresses I've heard this request from. So then it sends this new CNAME record back to B. B will then look at it and go, well, I need to re-query. And then when the querying or the answering server receives this information, it will see both A's and B's IP addresses in the CNAME context information and go ahead and respond. But what if there are hundreds of servers in the recursive server pool? It seems like the performance could just die if you do this. You have so many servers that it has to walk through, adding each server's IP address one at a time. The key here to remember is that if the response is the same size as the request, there is no amplification. This takes the sting out of the attack. When enough IP addresses have been added to the extra data in these back and forth CNAME requests and follow-on requests, or CNAME responses and follow-on requests, to make the request the same size as the response, the DNS server can simply respond to the request. 
There are a number of shortcuts presented in the paper to improve performance, but based on their testing, it looks like the amount of slowdown using this method would be fairly minimal or acceptable. The bottom line, there are techniques like using TCP, HTTPS, or this type of inserting information into a CNAME, or cookies in the DNS records that can prevent DNS servers from being used for DDoS reflection. It's up to the providers who run these servers to start implementing some of these mechanisms. Overall, this would reduce the number of DDoS attacks in the global internet. Well, that's it for this time. Visit us at thenetworkcollective.com for more content that will help you build your cognitive and metacognitive skills as a network engineer. While you are there, check out our membership, which unlocks even more great content, as well as access to an awesome community of network engineers. And remember, you can always find me at rule11.tech. Thanks.